1: girlfriends episode number 12 how to be a better friend hello and welcome to girlfriends i'm danielle bean i'm a wife and a mom and i'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace balance and joy in family living so what are we waiting for let's get started Hey, girlfriends, I am back from the dead, or at least it feels that way. Last week, thanks for putting up with me. I was feeling so sick. And even the previous week, I was not 100% because this flu thing really kicked my butt. But I am feeling so much better. My voice is still not 100%. But that's something I'm just accepting about my life right now, that uh, my voice is going to be a little rough around the edges for a while yet. That's what a horrible hacking cough will do to you for days and days and days. But I'm so happy to be back here, back feeling well, back to my family routine for the most part. Um, You know, my family was great in helping out while I was sick, but there's so much that just kind of went Undone in the house and so i'm really working on catching up on those things working on catching up on sleep I'm, so tired of being tired, but I know that my body needs rest to be getting better right now So I'm trying to be good about that. Um hoping to get back into a workout routine I'm, not ready for that yet I lost weight during This illness and I'm not in the good way, you know, not in the way you hope to lose all the extra fat on your body. I lost muscle in my legs for the most part. I just, I'm a very weak person right now. So one small step at a time, this whole thing is teaching me a lot about patience, a lot about humility, because, you know, just keeping up with my work has been really hard in the past few weeks. A lot of my work requires me to talk I need to talk. I I do radio interviews. I talk on the phone a lot for my regular everyday work. I have Skype meetings. So it's been very difficult to sometimes just have to say, you know what, there's no way I can do it. And uh, I hate doing that. And I hate feeling behind. So it's been a real offering up kind of Lenten few weeks here, not in the way I anticipated. Funny how Lent is like that, that a lot of times... You don't get the Lent that you choose. It's nice to make your plans, but then sometimes God throws other ones in there, and there's a lot of lessons to be learned in that process. One thing that I wanted to mention was this idea of offering it up, and it's kind of related to today's topic, about offering things up when they are imposed upon us, that really I think that's one of the most fruitful, beneficial things that we can do for others, Even more so, it's one of the most fruitful things we can do for ourselves is to cultivate that kind of accepting, that kind of receptivity to what God's will is for you in your life, even if it's not what you planned, even if it's the opposite of what you planned, even if you hate it in a thousand ways and it's painful and humiliating, that really that's where we do our greatest personal growth. And we're going to be talking about that today here in the podcast. We're going to talk about. Um, Ways that we can be friends to each other. And yeah, maybe that sounds a little corny, but I think a lot of times we need some help in figuring out how we can support one another. One of the things that I really love about our church tradition is the communion of saints. The idea that we're all connected to one another— People here on Earth, people in Heaven, people in Purgatory that need our prayers, that need our help, and we need the help and the prayers of the saints in Heaven. That we're all interconnected in this way that goes outside of time, and really, it's I, I love the idea of us needing and that support from one another, and being that source of support for one another. That you know, I remember growing up, my mom used to tell me, you know, she used to encourage me to pray for the souls in Purgatory, and and one of the the ideas behind that was no one else can help these people right now. You know that we people we we the church that 's here on earth we we who are actively suffering and offering up and living out our everyday lives here on earth it 's a unique opportunity that we have to be able to help people in purgatory to reach their heavenly goals and I just love that idea of us being connected in that way because it's so important to me personally and spiritually when we're talking about being community to one another. We're talking about ways that we can support one another. And it's not always obvious. I think sometimes it's frustrating when we're trying to figure out how can I be a source of support to this person that I care a lot about and I can see their suffering and yet I feel helpless. One of the ways that this came up on a recent podcast was when um, the woman whom I referred to as Anne wrote in, she was a young widow, and she was really looking for resources, looking for support, and not finding them, not finding them in her community, and not even finding what she wanted online as far as support for, for women who are young widows who, whose marriages hadn't ended in other ways, but they were still young, still raising children, and they had lost their spouse. And um, I shared on a recent podcast about how receiving that letter, I really was just deeply touched by the, this woman's sharing, openly sharing of the way in which she was suffering, which was a real kind of loneliness, and at the same time feeling frustrated myself because I didn't know how to fix it. I, I like it when people reach out to me for help or advice, and I'm like able to, you know, point to resources. I'm able to tell them something that, you know, similar that I experienced and what worked for me. I, I love being able to help people in that way, but I felt completely helpless to answer this woman's question and her her request for help. And um, so Sarah Reinhardt sent in some voice feedback specifically about that topic. She's had some experience that was very similar to that in um, experiencing someone suffering in her own life that she was very close to, and she wanted to share her own personal response to that. So let's take a listen to what Sarah had to say.
2: Hi Danielle, this is Sarah Reinhardt and I wanted to just call in with some voice feedback about your last show where you had the young widow who wrote in and you were looking for advice and I wanted to just call in because I've been in that place of watching someone you love or know suffer greatly with a loss that you have no idea about yourself. Uh, My sister-in-law five years ago lost her husband, she was 35 and he was 38, and he just died unexpectedly with a massive heart attack. They had two young children at the time, and now those two young children are older, obviously, but it was very difficult to watch that in the family, and I think that the thing I found most helpful, because it was painful, we all, I'm going to start crying probably leaving this feedback, but It's very hard to watch someone you love suffer. It's very hard to watch anybody else suffer if you have a love for humanity. And yet, not knowing what to do is a huge hurdle. And I think the biggest thing that I've seen with my sister-in-law and with other women I've known who've had these huge losses, whether it's loss of a spouse or loss of a child or loss of a loved one, is to be there with them and to support them in their pain and to understand that it's not going to go away and they're not going to get over it. They're going to have to journey through it and you can journey with them and help them carry that cross that they have, even if it's just to take a little splinter of it, even if it's just to let them cry on your shoulder, or just to acknowledge that they're crying and they don't want to cry in front of you, that they want to appear strong. Um, There have been times that I've shown up in my sister-in-law's house and I'm not a cook, and I've just taken dinner over to her and said, here's dinner, love you, or just sent her a little text just saying, love you, praying for you today. And just that acknowledgement that that person needs it in the everyday past that moment, the initial moment of shock, like, that's the kind of situation that keeps on going and is painful. And I think it, it's part of our, our duty, not duty, but the, the call of compassion, of mercy, is to walk with them and to feel that that heart-wrenching pain that they're going through. And maybe it's part of being a woman and hurting for other people. But I think that offering these little areas of support, being a friend of them, letting them have a bad day uh, on your watch and just kind of acknowledging like, I get that you're having a bad day and here is, you know, a chocolate bar that won't make anything better, but I'll eat it with you, or I'll give it to you, I'll make you some coffee, whatever it is. Just I think these small acts of kindness really are huge and go a long way and show our love in many ways. So that would be my advice. I wish I had. I, there there are books out there, but I think, to be honest, the books and advice things go only so far. And really, it's those acts from the people who are kind of right in your in your life, offering little little things to do. And I don't know, and praying, praying for those people when you see them, because you might not be in a position to do more than that. But those prayers really do lift up and support that person and give them graces. So uh, thanks for all you do, Danielle. And please pass along to Anne that uh, she will be in my prayers as well. So God bless you all. Bye.
1: So I want to thank Sarah for sharing that. It's really helpful to hear from somebody who's experienced something so intense um, in their own lives, in their own family, with someone that they care about deeply, because I think we all experience that. It, It may not be as dramatic as what happened in Sarah's life and her family, but we all experience that kind of frustration of feeling like we can't help somebody, we can't fix it. And... Honestly, I think it's really important to remember what Sarah is saying there that, yeah, you can't fix it. That's not the point. That's not what you're called to do. You're not being called to fix it because I think sometimes it it feels that way to us. Our pride gets kind of caught up in it that we want to feel like we can control things, especially when we care a lot about somebody and we don't want to watch them suffer because Sarah is so right that, you know, if you care a lot about someone, it's horrible to watch them suffer. But even if it's a stranger... It's hard to watch other human beings suffer because it lays bare for us that kind of helplessness that we all have, that kind of we want to pretend that we we can control our lives and our circumstances. And when everything's going along smoothly, it's easy to pretend that. But when things don't, that really jars us and it's really unsettling. And to want to help, but not be able to fix it. I think it's important to remember what Sarah said. I loved what what she said about taking on a splinter of their cross, that you're not going to be able to take that cross from them. And this is something I experience as a parent, too. And anybody who's a parent, I'm sure, has experienced this. That it's so hard to watch your children have to learn life lessons in a hard way. And yet, sometimes that's exactly what they need to do. You can give them all the lectures you want about, you know, the important things in life and what their values and priorities need to be and how not to mess up. But ultimately, a lot of those most important lessons, and I know this from my own experience growing up, you need to learn by doing it, by messing it up, by getting hurt in the process. So, it's not the idea that you can take that burden away from other people as much as we would like to sometimes, but what's, what Sarah's sharing is just very beautiful and very simple, that idea of taking a splinter of their cross and what that looks like is going to vary depending on your relationship. It's going to vary depending on what the person needs, what, what their particular preferences are. I think one of the most hurtful things that we can do when someone else is suffering is to ignore it. And sometimes we don't do that because we're being mean or we're being malicious. We do it out of a sense of our own discomfort that I can't acknowledge this gaping wound this person has that I know they do I can't acknowledge it because it's so painful for me and I'm uncomfortable and I don't know what to say. And yet it's even more painful, I think, if we just ignore it. So if someone in your life has suffered a loss, even if it's a loss from, you know, six months ago, to not mention it, to not talk about it, to not ask how they're doing with it you know maybe they don't want to talk to you that's okay but make that first step reaching out to them saying you know just asking them how they're doing with it if they've had a loss if they're if they're grieving somebody that that they love who's died whether it's a parent or a spouse or a friend whatever it is that they're suffering in their lives don't not ask about it out of your own sense of discomfort because I think that's one of the cruelest things that we can do because it ends up making people feel like they're alone in their loss or that there's an expectation that they need to put a happy face on everything for the sense of other people's comfort, and that's not fair. So the things that Sarah shared are very simple, and I love them because it's kind of focused on works of mercy, the idea of bringing them food a way of comforting them. The idea of just sitting and listening, being somebody that they can talk to, those small acts of kindness and service that we can all do for one another. So when someone in your life needs you, if you're not sure how to be a friend, start there. Start with those very basic human needs that we all have for food, for comfort, for sympathy, for a listening ear, that We're all made to connect with one another and build relationships with one another. And those small acts of kindness are a really beautiful way and a practical way and a tangible way that we can begin to have that kind of relationship with other people, especially when they're suffering through something. This is the Jubilee Year of Mercy, and I love that Pope Francis has invited us all to focus on mercy during this year, because there's really no more beautiful and fruitful thing that we can do in our relationships with one another than focus on those acts of mercy, than focus on being mercy and personifying Christ's mercy to one another. There's no more beautiful, lofty calling than to be that person for the people that God has placed in our lives. And we don't have to get fancy about it. We don't have to be missionaries going to other countries. We don't have to wait for some dramatic situation to happen in our lives or in the lives of our friends. Because we're all suffering in some capacity. Everyone you know, every friend that you have needs you in some way. In a way that you can support them is by doing these very small acts that don't require a lot. Just reaching out to them. And I am a classic introvert. I understand that it is hard sometimes to be the first person to make that move early in a relationship. If you're beginning a friendship with somebody or just getting to know somebody, being the first person to invite someone over or being the first person to ask for someone's number so you could text them or suggesting getting together for a play date or meeting for coffee. Being that first person is so hard. And yet I think it's important to remember the times in your life when someone else has reached out to you in that way and how grateful you were for that connection. So if you focus on that, being that source of connection, that positive source of friendship to another person is a beautiful gift that you can give to another person. And that doesn't mean they're always going to respond the way that you hope they will. Maybe they won't. Maybe they're not looking for that kind of friendship with you, or whatever it is. But that's part of it: is that being vulnerable, reaching out to one another, reaching out to people. That's how you begin to make those meaningful connections in whatever way that God has planned for you to do that. We women have a real need for one another, a a need for connection with one another that can only be satisfied by connecting with other women. That. God has placed this need in our hearts to have people who encourage us and love us and support us and understand us and listen to us, and that is great if you have that in your marriage, but I think for the most part, there are parts of that kind of compassion and connection that can only be met by other women, because we're different. Men and women are different. It's wonderful if you can call your husband your best friend, if you can call your boyfriend your best friend, or... Um, your brother or your dad and all these connections we have with men in our lives are important and valuable. But the relationship that you have with other women in your life, whether it's with your mom, your sisters, with girlfriends, is invaluable. And it's unique. And we have a unique need for that kind of connection with other people. So an easy way to begin to make it if you don't have that in your life right now is to be the person who reaches out. I had an opportunity recently to talk with Michelle Fanley, who is a co-author of the book Divine Mercy for Moms, and it's very much related to the kinds of topics that we've been talking about here today, making those small acts of kindness, looking for ways, even if you're a busy mom, even if you're a working woman, even if you feel like you're maxed out every day of the week, looking for those opportunities to practice mercy in our everyday lives. The book is really very practical. I really recommend it. But I also want you to hear the conversation that Michelle and I had because she was a lot of fun to talk to, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. So happy to have here with us today, the lovely Michelle Fanley. Michelle is a wife, a mom of four, author, blogger, and speaker, and she serves as the co-director of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, which is one of the largest Catholic Women's Conferences in the United States. Michelle is also co-author of the recently released book, Divine Mercy for Moms, Sharing the Lessons of St. Faustina with Emily Jaminet. Welcome, Michelle. I'm so glad you're here on Girlfriends.
0: Well, thanks so much for having me. It is just a joy to finally get to chat with you in person.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited about your book, which is so well-timed for the Year of Mercy. Um, And and I love that you co-wrote it with your friend because I co-wrote a book with Elizabeth Foss, and that's a book that's dear to my heart because, you know, they, they say it's like giving birth to a baby when you have a book. And to do that with a friend is a unique experience. So how was that for you? It was amazing. And actually a really cool story is that
0: Emily and I actually did birth babies together one time. We had pregnancies and we were both due in June and um, I ended up being induced and Emily went into labor and delivered about 45 minutes after I delivered Same hospital, two doors down. Wow. So
1: I love that.
0: It's so awesome. And yeah, it has been an amazing, um, amazing journey. And, and you know, I love how this podcast is all about, you know, having a good girlfriend and how that can really help you in your spiritual life. And and this has been such a, an experience for the both of us to do this project together, to really grow um, spiritually together and to build on a friendship of over 20 years.
1: That is a beautiful testament to the power of friendship and yes. the beautiful fruit that can come from it. So people, I'll, I'll link up in the show notes to that, that book and you can learn more about Divine Mercy for Moms. But Michelle, as you know, on here on the show, I ask the same questions to all of our guests and I really love the varied answers we get, but I also find that these, these answers kind of highlight the things that we all have in common. They bring out those things that make us all the same and I find that so encouraging and affirming as a woman myself. So let's get started. We'll start with that first question. Can you tell us about a time when you felt like you triumphed? When did you first ever feel a sense of achievement or accomplishment, whether it was with your work or your personal life?
0: Well, I just, when I was looking over these questions, I thought, well, this book has been something that is, the thing is, it was never on my radar to write a book. I'm a nurse um, by trade, so I worked for 12 years in labor and delivery, and um, I finally retired when my third was born, and I never even wrote even a blog post at that point. And I was, um, Sarah Reinhardt is a friend of mine, and she did a little blogging 101 course for myself and a friend and nice. we started blogging and um, like you I was also on the sh- the National at the national Shrine of Divine Mercy um, a speaker and fr- as a friend of Father Gately and he had me review one of his books on the works of mercy and because of that television interview I was asked to do write this book on mercy for moms wow. and so I but my response was I can't write a book right I, I mean sometimes <laughs> I struggled writing a 300 word blog post like, how was I like, going to write a whole book? But with the encouragement of my editor, I started um, doing some research, but then I had a baby and I was like, oh, I whoops. can't take a shower. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I can't even get a shower. How oh. am I going to write a book? Right? <laughs>
1: right. I know. And
0: um, my friend, Emily, i you know been tossing this idea around and getting some feedback and I kind of thought I was just going to hand the project off to her, honestly, because she was working on some other writing things. And when I pitched her to my editor, she said, I think the two of you should write this together. And so this was before the Year of Mercy. This is last February, before – we even had any clue that pope francis was going to declare a year of mercy so we started we wrote our book proposal and before we knew it we get a phone call from her brother and he says emily you got to get that book done right now the pope just declared a year of mercy oh my
1: gosh how exciting
0: (laughs) so and and as we look back over our lives both of us we went to college in steubenville and we had the blessing to travel abroad we went two different years apart emily went in 95 i went in 96 but we both had visited the tomb of St. Faustina and visited her convent and got to pray there before her tomb um, back in the 90s, before she was even a saint. She was just a blessed at the time. Mm -hmm. So we know you know, this seed was planted in our hearts and in our lives long before. And St. Faustina, we feel like she kind of tapped us on the shoulder to help us spread this message to moms.
1: Oh, I love that story. And I I always love to hear about people who are reluctant writers because (laughs) I think so many people have that idea like, I can't possibly do that, but sometimes God has a plan for you that involves stepping outside of your comfort zone. I've heard it so many times with different writing projects that that people I know and love have taken on that have really borne great fruit, and could there be any more positive reinforcement than the fact that it's coming out in the Year of Mercy, and obviously – God had a much larger plan there.
0: Yes, we are sometimes a little shocked. Like, what is he doing? I'm kind of freaking out. I mean, and the fact is, you know, we have kids at home still. Right now, actually, Emily is in my basement with two of my kids. And um, one of her, she just had a baby. And she also babysits for two other our other friends' children. So she's got all these kids. She's watching in my basement while we're, (laughs) so I I can do this. (laughs) I love it. That
1: is so awesome. You know, what's funny is you're, you're making me remember, I just recently on a recent podcast got a, a pretty negative comment from somebody saying, I don't want to listen to you interview these Catholic celebrities who are, you know, living their la da lives in the spotlight. They, What do they have in common with me? And I thought, does she even listen to the show? Because these are not like, (laughs) I'm not interviewing Jennifer Lopez or something. here. These are women struggling the same ways that, that everybody else is to balance their work and their family and, you know, manage to get a shower and figure out how to write a chapter of book in between, you know, childcare responsibilities or making dinner. And I love that about the Catholic women writers that I know. And those of us who are in the spotlight, just because, you know, you've done a certain project or a book, it, it makes you no different from anybody else. We're all we're all struggling to live out faithful lives and balance our lives in those ways.
0: Well, absolutely. And you know, you always were such an inspiration to me. I know I loved your faith and family podcast it was my favorite podcast and i was just so depressed when it went away
1: <laughs> me too i know i love that i love that you're an old-timer fan because yeah th- those were the days huh when we were putting out faith and family podcast i loved it and i loved the women i was working with and we're in a new era now so yes, we are uh, it is a good one right it that's is a right. Great one. we're uh, in the era of girlfriends and divine mercy for moms so let's let's make the most of what we've got that's lovely all right well great thanks michelle let's let's move on to the next question Can you tell us about a mistake you once made? We've talked about the triumph. So let's hear about a mistake either in your work or or with your family or your personal life. And what did you learn from that mistake?
0: Well, I think one of the biggest mistakes I made is when I pulled back after I had my first, I went part time working as a nurse um, and I quit all my volunteer jobs, and I was like, I'm just going to be a mom, and I'm just going to have this little bit of work, and I I totally, you know, cut all that off, and then I fairly shortly after had a second, my daughter, the kids were two years apart, and I went back even further. I was only working four hours a week, and I wasn't doing any any other work for the church, which I had been really used to, mm-hmm. and I realized I became really depressed, oh. like it was not uh it was so hard for me not to have that balance uh-huh. and i i didn't realize that i could still i still had these gifts and talents which i needed to use but i couldn't figure out right how to do that how to how to tap in with my new new life as a mom so mm-hmm. the best thing that ever happened was another mom asked me to help with the catholic women's conference here and here i had a 3-year-old and a 1-year-old and i'm thinking how am I going to get away for eight hours for this conference, right? <laughs> and like my yeah. husband kill me. And I was just like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But I ended up not only volunteering, thinking I was going to serve food the day of the conference or something, I ended up being the secretary of the board of directors. So wow. I had signed up for a much bigger project, but it has changed my life. I have met, you talk about good girlfriends, I have met the most amazing women across our diocese, and now I network with women across the United States who wow. run conferences. So I've met all these awesome women. Wow. Um, so it's been so Awesome! It's really been a blessing, mm-hmm. and um, it's something that I've really enjoyed spending my time on. And it's something I could do. I do it from home. It's all volunteer, um, and I'm able to do it with with the kids. And it's just brought out so many gifts and talents that I never thought I had. I remember looking at Christina, the woman who started the conference, and thought, "I'll never do what she does. I could never run this whole show." And sure enough,
1: <laughs> here you are. Forget,
0: right? God's got other plans. And, That's right. <laughs> And you learned, um, learned so many things and really how to, to use those gifts and talents that, um, and discover new ones and allow mm-hmm. other women to help you bring out those talents. Cause sometimes I've noticed in my life, people see things that I am like, you're crazy. I don't have that gift. Mm-hmm. And they've helped me develop
1: that. Wow, that's a great story. And I love how you talk about balance because I think, you know, a lot of us have that experience of it's almost like a self-defense mechanism when you say, okay, I can't do anything outside my home right now and just kind of super focus on, you know, whatever is set right before you. And certainly there are, there are phases in our lives where that's appropriate and that makes sense. But the idea that, you know, pulling out of that a little bit and achieving that kind of balance brings out all kinds of things. I know I've made the decision in the past to, to quit certain things that I felt like it was too much it was too much time and and what too much of a commitment and then when I've gone back to those things and the ways in which I've missed those things is is exactly that balance that you're talking about because it's those, those things that pull you out of your home, well, you know, if it's not to an excess, then somebody inside of your home or your family or friends are, are pitching in to make up that difference when you're outside your home. And I find that that's a, a lovely way to kind of balance our lives as a family and kind of balance ourselves as women, that we're, we're using all of our gifts and expressing them in different ways and in different capacities in a way that God really means for us too.
0: Yes, absolutely. And it is, you feel so much fuller when you're you're using your gifts and talents and you can feel stifled mm-hmm. in your home. And then you become resentful, right, of right. Your, your duties at home. And that's not a good place to be at either.
1: No, and that's right. And it's important to keep in mind that people have different temperaments. You know, there are some, like, I remember when I very first was an at-home mom, I, if I spent a day out with the kids, like doing library, craft club, whatever it was, I needed like two full days at home to recover because it was just like <laughs> exhausting for me. But at the same time, I did have friends and sisters who just thrived on being out, you know, multiple days a week, and that didn't deplete them in the way that it did me. So I think really it's 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 good to talk about balance, but it's also important to keep in mind that balance is going to look different for every woman.
0: Absolutely, and yeah, knowing yourself and what you what you need um, is important to know, right? Because you can run yourself ragged too. And that's not, that's not good. So you knowing what, 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 you know, I'm a high, high driven person. So I am a go, go, go. And Mm -hmm. so when I'm not go going, I I kind of freak
1: out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) See, need to know that about yourself. So yeah, I think that's really good. It's good to be self-aware in that way. All right. So moving on here, um, Michelle, what's the best advice you've ever received? Who gave it to you and how do you try to implement it in your life?
0: Well, um, a few years ago, actually, my son was eight. He's now 12. He, my son had a rare disease called Guillain-Barré where he had become paralyzed from his chest down. Um, just, it was a freak thing. He had walking pneumonia and it caught triggered this autoimmune response. And, um, he went from a totally normal little eight-year-old boy to this completely paralyzed in the hospital for 35 days. Uh, little boy. Wow. Scary. (laughs) And um, one of my friends came to visit me, and her name is Brenda, and she's just a wonderful, just wonderful Catholic mom. And her son has Down syndrome. And when he was first born, he had needed open heart surgery. And she came to my room and she told me, You know, Michelle, when I was here with Peter, the Lord told me that I wasn't here just for Peter, I was here to pray for everybody here in this hospital because they all needed my prayers. And I at first was like, you're crazy. Like, I am (laughs) taking care of my son. I had a six-month-old at the time. So I've got living at the hospital with a six-month-old. My husband was doing the night shift, and I was there every day. And I was like, I can't think of anybody else but myself. Mm -hmm. But as he started to get a little bit better, I realized I was able to reach out to some of these other parents. And really, I had a lot of downtime when he was doing rehab and other things Mm -hmm. that I had Quiet time. The baby would be nursing, and I could pray for. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> oh, I could pray for all um, these other parents that were in the hospital, and all these other children. Mm-hmm. So it was um, that piece. And then it was funny that yesterday. I you know, the thing is I grew up in a family of eight and I never, um, we never went to children's hospital one time. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but I seem to be there a lot. <laughs> uh, and so I was there yesterday. My daughter was getting tubes in her ears and because she has a rare genetic disorder where she can't um, metabolize the second part of a fatty acid chain. Mm-hmm. So she had to um, go in early and get an IV, even though normally for tubes, it's a simple procedure. You don't even right. need an IV. She had to be admitted two and a half hours early and have, this IV, and it was a big to-do, and I had to go downtown to the hospital instead of an outpatient center, and I was a little bit irritated, like, why does everything have to be so complicated? But as I sat in the waiting room, I remembered those words from my friend and how I could I was literally sitting in front of this huge screen that had all the children's names in it that were in surgery. So they have their first name and a few of their last initials. Mm -hmm. So I could sit and pray for each of those children who were in surgery at that time. And I was like, okay, so this isn't all about me, God, right? Like I'm Mm -hmm. here to pray for these other children and other families. And, you know, when you're down at Children's and, you know, if you've been, there, you realize how lucky you are. Like these are, minor, you know, inconveniences, you know, there was this poor woman behind me, I just heard her after the surgeon came out, and I know he just gave her terrible news, and she was just, you know, sobbing, you know, oh, so I knew so many people there have so, so much suffering, and it was a reminder of always to be involved in that community of prayer and um, to always think of others, you know, even when you think your situation is, is tough, is to use that time to offer it up for the Lord mm-hmm. and you, to pray for other people.
1: Yeah, that's great advice, and I've had similar experiences at children's hospitals, and in my experience as a mom, and I've, I found that that is always true because, especially during those those crises in our lives, and usually if you're at children's hospital, you've got something serious going on. Um, that it's the the temptation is to be focused on yourself, to be interior and to be like, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me or to my family? And yet there is that beautiful opportunity there. If you open your eyes to it, to be focused on others, um, some of whom are going through much more tragic things than, than we are. So beautiful advice from your friend. And I'm glad it stuck with you all this time later. You're yes, still. And
0: we'll say for her, pray for her little sweet son, Peter, because he has leukemia now. And um, I know she's been down at children's a lot and praying for all those kids. Oh so, gosh.
1: Well, then we need to return some of that. And let's pray for Peter and for his family. Thank you for letting us know that. All right. Well, I think we're out of time for our regular questions, Michelle. We're just gonna have to fly right into your lightning round. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're not nervous, are you? I always want my guests to be nervous and they laugh at me. <laughs> Oh, I, a little bit. I'm like, okay, okay. what is she going to ask? Because these are kind of hard questions to think about. I know, I know. Well, lightning round is, is easy. Don't worry. You'll you'll do just fine. Nobody's died yet. so. Okay, that's good. It was funny because when I, when I had Simca on, she was my favorite answer, Simca Fisher. I was just like, are you nervous? And she's like okay like (laughs) like like if you want me to be okay fine (laughs) all right well 60 seconds of fun fast questions we're going to find out a little bit more about our friend Michelle Fanley so um, Michelle Fanley's lightning round on girlfriends here we go all right Michelle what has surprised you most about becoming a mom
0: Oh, gosh, you know, I, as I mentioned, I'm the oldest of eight. So I thought I knew everything, right? Yeah, I, no, I'm I totally see a, did. The yeah. case, right? <laughs> and then my firstborn was born and i was like wow i don't know anything i mean what a you know awesome experience it's been but you realize you don't know anything about being a mom till you really become one right and so that was quite a shock but it, in in a good way and right. and it's um a, and what about what a blessing it is too you, you never experience that love in the same way either so. for
1: sure okay and uh what's your favorite work of mercy
0: Oh, well, I would say feed the hungry and, you know, part of our writing of our book was focusing on the work of mercy. So we love doing the mercy jar, which is a Father Gately idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and we um, save up early year round and we. Give the money now to Mary's Meals, which feeds um, 1.1 million children um, a day—a hot meal in conjunction with the education in third countries.
1: That's amazing. You
0: know, wow. Agnes wow. Arlen Barrow, like oh, what another a living saint, I tell you. Awesome yeah.
1: Okay. Well, we only got through two questions in our sixty seconds. <laughs> That's not right. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I wanted yeah. to. I wanted to hear about that mercy jar. Um, so, is that is so that's described in your book then
0: um, yeah so we talk about it in our book and we have labels actually on our website Divine mercy oh, for moms. com. you can download them for free awesome. or you can make your own crafty moms we have some crafty moms here that have made their own mercy jars and you can use it for any type of sacrifice you want and just really he, Father Gately started this while we were back in college and he wrote about it and then we've expanded on the idea um, in our book So, wow.
1: okay well send me that link and then I'll put that on the show notes so that people can check that out on your blog and 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 then also check out your book, which is Divine Mercy for Moms, Sharing the Lessons of St. Faustina. So, Michelle Fanley, I am so happy that you've been here with us today. Before we have to say goodbye, um, maybe you just want to give a shout out to something that's good, that's going on in your life. What are you working on these days? What are you excited about?
0: Well, actually, I'm bringing Lisa Hendy in next week for a breakfast at my parish, so I'm super excited
1: to finally meet her. Oh, she's the best. Yeah, she's one of those people that, like, you know, before I knew her in real life, like, I just knew her online, I'm like, there is no way that woman is that nice. And, oh, um, yeah, she is. She's that nice. And we love her to death. So you're going to have a great breakfast. That sounds amazing. All right. Well, thank you, Michelle, for taking the time to spend some um, a few minutes here with us here at Girlfriends and share about Divine Mercy for Moms. And um, God bless you in everything that you're doing. I really I want to thank you for the, the good work that you're doing with your women's conference, but also with your work with Divine Mercy. It's such an important message for today's world.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. God bless you. It's been an honor.
1: God bless you too. Okay. Bye-bye. I really love how Michelle shares so practically about Divine Mercy for Moms, because it really is meant to be our life's work. Mercy, in all of its different expressions, is meant to be what every one of us is doing here on earth, living mercy and being mercy. And the ways in which we moms can do that, practically speaking, it's very helpful to have a book and a resource like Michelle and her co-author, Emily, that help us to realize that this this is very doable, that this is something that we're called to do, something we're made to do, and there are beautiful ways of expressing it inside of family life. Okay, so now I want to share a little bit of feedback that I've gotten from you guys. I'm so excited that some of you are starting to leave voicemail feedback because that's my very favorite kind because then I can bring your voice here onto the podcast and share it with other listeners. So um, first of all, I heard from... Diana Bartolini, who helped me out with a little bit of explanation and the pronunciation of the crucifix that I shared about uh, two weeks ago on the show. Hi, Danielle. This is Diana Bartolini from West Palm Beach, Florida. I'm calling about the crucifix. It's actually Italian and it's pronounced San Damiano. So that's San for Saint and Damiano, which is Damien, which is the church where. Saint Francis heard God speaking to him from the crucifix. And I left a couple of links on the podcast um, with more information about the crucifix itself. All right. Great podcast. Thanks very much for doing this. I like it a lot. And uh, have the rest of have a happy rest of Lent. Bye-bye. So thank you, Diana, for sharing that San Damiano. I should have known it would be Italian, duh. And I did know that story about St. Francis. So um, beautiful story. And thank you for sharing the links. I'll be putting those in today's show notes on daniellebean.com for anybody who's interested in getting some more information about that. I also got some wonderful feedback from Teresa, who asked that I not share it on the show, but it was a wonderful voicemail to get. I want to thank you, Teresa, for taking the time to give me that helpful feedback. It really encourages me and also helps me to make the show better when I hear things that might need improvement, um, things that you enjoy, things that you could do without, that kind of thing. It's really helpful. So anybody who's got feedback like that to share, you can leave a voicemail, you can send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. I would love to have that feedback from you. And then one more feedback that I want to share is from Melissa LeBlanc, who left a voicemail as well. And she's interested in getting some resources about blended families. I thought I'd play this and get this out there and maybe we can gather some resources for an upcoming show.
3: Hi, Danielle. My name is Melissa LeBlanc. I'm from Vermont, and I uh, would like to request um, if you could provide or help with resources for blended families. I am a mother of seven. I have five biological children and two sons from my husband's previous marriage, um, and I struggle a lot with the relationship with my stepsons. It's just a different relationship and I hate saying stepsons, but I just to identify them <laughs> for now. Um I uh it's just a different relationship, a different there's there's a different kind of bond there. You know, you bond with your children when you're of course carrying them through pregnancy and then through their, you know, when they're newborns and infants. It's just a different bond um that develops. And I really strongly I do love my stepsons, but I, I wish I could love them more and treat them more like my own. Um, and so I'm looking for any websites or books or people that you might be able to help connect me with. Um, that can help me in this. And I'm sure there's other families out there that are looking for the same thing. So I thank you, Danielle. I thank God for you and your work. And you've really helped me in many ways. Um, And I appreciate you. So thank you and God bless.
1: Thank you, Melissa, for taking the time to share your thoughts there. And um, make that request for a future topic. I think it's a really important one, because there are all kinds of blended families, even inside of the Catholic Church, and it's important that we acknowledge the unique struggles that people have when families come together in that way, the different kinds of relationships that parents and children and spouses have inside of those kind of family dynamics. So I think it's a really important topic, I don't have firsthand experience living in a blended family, but I understand the importance of it enough that I would like to take it up on a future show. So if people have some feedback related to that, maybe you want to leave a voicemail, maybe you have some resources, you can send me some links. You can send those to me at danielle at Danielbean.com. I'd love to have those as I'm putting it together. Maybe there's books that you could recommend. Maybe there's someone that you could really recommend that I would interview on that topic. So, you know, whatever you've got, Hit me with it, and I hope to put together something useful for a future show. And while we're on the topic of feedback, there are a couple of things specifically I want to ask for your feedback for. Um, Some things that I'm considering doing related to the show, associated with the show in some way. I'm looking for questions if you can send me a question. Now, that's totally open-ended, of course, but that's on purpose. I want you to feel like you could ask me a question about anything. Um, And you know, I'm looking for topics that maybe I could cover inside of 10 minutes. If you could maybe send a voicemail or send an email with whatever question you might have. It might be about publishing. People ask me all the time about getting started as a writer. I'd be happy to take on that topic for this little project that I'm working on. Um, Maybe things related to family life, related to marriage, related to friendship, related to um, anything that I do. I mean, I I share pretty openly about all the things that I'm involved in. If you have a particular question about any of that, um, if you have a question about relationships, Just hit me with the question and um, put question or girlfriend's question or something in the email subject, or if you're sending it on Facebook, just kind of highlight it in that way for me. Um, I'd love to get questions from you for this project that I'm working on, and I think you're going to enjoy it and appreciate it, hopefully coming up in the next month or so here. So send me your questions. Also, while we're talking about feedback, I want to give a shout out to, not the shout out, but a shout out to um, a Some women who took the time to leave me reviews at iTunes this past couple of weeks. Um, I want to thank, first of all, Tracy who calls me her new BFF, and that's flattering. I know Tracy a little bit from interactions on Twitter. She's great. And so thank you, Tracy, for leaving that positive review at iTunes. It's really helpful, so encouraging. I really appreciate that feedback that you gave me. And then Becky, who says, I love it, and she especially enjoys the interview portion. So thank you, Becky, for taking the time to leave me a review at iTunes. And then finally, Maria Murph, who um, calls it encouraging and supportive and she feels like she can relate and she really appreciates the non-judgmental tone here at Girlfriends, which I'm so happy to hear you say that. It's one of my biggest pet peeves is inside of media that's aimed by women, for women, that's talking to women. My biggest pet peeve is when there's that tone of judgment there. And that doesn't mean That we don't have values and we don't have priorities, but I really. I really want this podcast and everything that I share to feel open to people. People are looking for the truth and people are in all different stages of their life journey, of their faith journey, of their family journey. And I just, it's really important to me that nobody ever come here, hear something I'm saying or sharing and feel judged by it. So I do appreciate that feedback, uh, Maria, and it's a good reminder to me to remember to keep that open tone because it's something that I really value as well. So thank you, ladies, for those iTunes reviews. It really means a lot. It's very supportive and helpful to me in getting the word out about the podcast, because the more people that rate and review and subscribe to Girlfriends on iTunes, the more people iTunes promotes the podcast to. So it's very helpful. So if you are so inclined to take a few minutes, please do that. Please leave me that feedback at iTunes. I would be so grateful for you taking that time.
2: Listen up, girlfriends. It's time for the weekly challenge. We got this.
1: Well, we've been talking about friendship in this episode of Girlfriends. We've been talking about ways in which we can support and encourage one another, especially going through hard times, ways that we can begin new friendships, the ways that we can support old friendships, and um, come together woman to woman in a way that's really very mutually supportive and encouraging. So this week's challenge, I want to encourage you to give some thought to the relationships you have in your life with other women. Uh, whether it's a close friendship or a new friendship and challenge yourself to look at that opportunity that you have in that relationship to be more giving of yourself. I think one of the tough things inside of our relationships with girlfriends, especially if you have limited time where you're able to interact with other women, is sometimes we're very self-focused. When we come together with other women, we want to get together with our girlfriend so we can tell her about the bad day we had or ask her this question or seek this advice about marriage or whatever it is that we have going on. We can be very self-focused in our relationships, and that's destructive, I think, to relationships, especially the kind that you're hoping to build up in friendships with other women. So challenge yourself to look at a friendship, a relationship that you have with another woman in your life and look at it through that lens of self-giving and challenge yourself to be more self-giving in your next interaction with that person, whether it's a phone call or you're getting together in person or you're hanging out while your kids play or whatever it is, challenge yourself to be open to what that other person wants to share with you during that conversation. Be very receptive to what the other person wants to talk about, in what ways you can serve them, what me- what needs they have that you can help to fill for them. And that doesn't mean that, you know, that it's bad to ever receive things in friendship. But I think it's important to challenge ourselves because we're very naturally self-focused. Human beings are very naturally selfish, self-seeking creatures. So to challenge ourselves in that way inside of a relationship is going to be a force for the good. So challenge yourself in that way. Then let me know how it goes for you. Give me some feedback at danielle at daniellebean.com. Let me know how this week's challenge goes for you and maybe you'll earn a shout out. So yes, it is time for our girlfriend shout out. And this week's shout out goes to Christine Vecco, who emailed me um, about a week and a half ago. She wrote in saying, I love that you shared about potty training in your conversation with one of your guests recently, because it is so hard. All caps there. We know she's feeling it. I have recently been fighting the battle of the potty with my three-year-old son, Bryce. And I have to tell you, there are days when I think he really will be in diapers forever. So while Bryce and I are still working out the details of the whole potty training thing, I want to thank you for sharing about all the things that we women face, the good and the bad stuff in your blog and on your podcast. Wish me luck. Well, Christine, more than luck. Because you're in there, in the trenches, fighting the good fight, the battle. I want to reassure you, first of all, that Bryce will not be wearing diapers at his college graduation. He will not be wearing a diaper on the day that he gets married and walks down the aisle with the love of his life. I promise you, it's not going to happen. Bryce will get there and so will you. But in the meantime, here's a shout out for you, being faithful, even through the hard stuff. Way to go. You are my hero. This shout out's for you, girlfriend. And now maybe you need a shout out. Maybe there's something going on in your life that's an extra challenging situation. Maybe there's something positive that recently happened for you. You've recently accomplished something you never thought you would or that you really struggled to accomplish. Let me know that so that we can share it here so that we can give you that encouragement and that positive feedback, that affirmation that we all need, but also so that we can share the details of your own struggles, your own challenges and triumphs in your life in a way that's going to be inspiring and encouraging to other people. So send me your information at danielle at Danielbean.com or if you want to give a shout out to a girlfriend of yours or your mom or your sister or somebody that you really think needs that extra support, that extra encouragement, that extra recognition for doing hard things and working hard through tough times. Give me that feedback. I'd love to be able to share about it in a future show. So that's all I have for this week. Give me your feedback. Give me your questions like I asked for. Give me your updates on how the challenges are going for you. Give me your feedback on the guests that we have. Whatever it is that's on your heart and your mind, I want to know about it so that we can share more about it here at Girlfriends email me at danielle at daniellebean.com, contact me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Bean, or go to daniellebean.com and click on the leave voice feedback in the right sidebar there. Super easy to do. You heard some other women who did it today. So I'd love it if you could share that way and I can add your voice to a future episode of Girlfriends. And I want to thank you, as always, for taking the time to spend with me here at Girlfriends. I really appreciate and value and cherish the fact that you entrust me with this little bit of your time each week. It means the world to me. So thank you for being here. Thank you, everybody, for your feedback. Thank you for all the ways that you support the Girlfriends podcast. It means so much to me. And until next time, enjoy your day and God bless your week.
0: Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.